When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Zero. It gets a bad rep. Like when people say they have zero interest in something. Well, if you're thinking of buying an electric car this year, you'll find this interesting. Because at Nissan, we see the power of zero. Introducing the Nissan Leaf Power of Zero offer. Buy a brand new 100% electric zero emissions Nissan Leaf and get one year's free servicing, a free home charger, the lowest electric finance offer on the market and great savings on running costs. Now that's the power of zero. Find out more at nissan.ie. Welcome to the final instalment of 2018, or certainly the final instalment before Christmas. I'm not sure if we're doing one in between. We'll let I mean, you know. We'll let you we'll know. Of the Blood and Mud podcast, the podcast that takes a long, squinting glance at the weekend's rugby and decides that from a distance it mostly resembles a broken down traction engine. I am Lee Calvert, and over there, as if you didn't know, but let's have the announcement anyway, is... Uh, I remain... Josh Gardner of Rugby Shirt Watch. I'm going to yes. put a bit of festive shit into this. Yeah. Beautiful. This is 10 hours of sleigh bells on loop, by the way. You've got to so. love that, haven't you? Yeah, somebody's done that. How do you create that file? I'll copy and paste it, I imagine, and loop Yeah, yeah. It's an awful lot of looping. Yeah, so... There, well, aren't well, you all feeling festive as fuck festive. now? Are you fe- did you have a festive weekend, Josh? What have you been up to? Um, what did I do? Uh... Not a great deal, to be honest. I did a fair bit of work, and then I went to see some friends and uh, and had a pizza. So it was really festive. It yeah. Sounds like you had fun, which is festive, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, I did enjoy it. I probably better than if I'd have had specifically festive fun. Yeah. Well, I unleashed a monster on Twitter by posting a picture of my crisp sandwich on Friday night. Oh, you did, didn't of you? Of all the th- all the things I've said over the years on here, it's the fucking it's my buttering <laughs> technique that gets me a, <laughs> the fair, most shit. Oh, it was terrible. Buttering technique. Oh, yeah, I hold my hands up. It was so cold though. <laughs> it was so cold in the kitchen. I thought I'm just I can't be doing with this. I just see, sliced it thinly and lobbed it on there. See, that's where you. Butter dish, proper butter dish, microwave, five seconds, 
No, so I'm not having that work around. You have to live with what you're given. You've got, fair enough, fair enough. But also, I, I like it when you haven't got it spread me. out completely. You get like a little buttery surprise every few bites. I know what you mean, actually. Yeah, you yeah. Well, it's just, it's, a, little, it's a, little bit too, out. a little bit too thick. But yeah, you don't want to overcook that. And then I got really Literally wa- overcook it. And then I got really wound up because in these days of big data, right, mm. and people understanding everything, why, mm. why... Mm. Mm. Our shops always fucking running out of Diet Coke and there's shitloads of full-fat Coke left. It's weird, isn't it? Why does this happen? They must be able to model the Diet Coke demand. The number of times that I go up the Asda and there isn't any Pepsi Max there, but there's shitloads of Pepsi Max Cherry and Coke Zero. It's like people... Get a clue here. People don't like Coke. But these just-in-time deliveries and stuff, they're meant to be able to plot exactly when their stock needs replenishing and stuff, and it's always the same. The spa down the road winds me up. It's always the same. So, yeah, so that ruined, you know, my sort of week festive feeling after me lovely Chris Butty and Ripple on Friday night. Yeah, which you, I mean, I I assume you're still paying for the... uh... Your Chris Butty comments, to be honest. Oh, I tell you what, I think, well, I've lost a lot of respect. The small yeah. amount of respect I had, I think, has gone. Has yeah, gone. probably, to be honest. Paul Williams is the first to, you know, we, we all would have been Paul's good books, don't we? Paul responds Absolutely. with, that's juvenile buttering, he says. And he was right. <laughs> I had to, oh, I, couldn't, I couldn't say nothing. I mean, you've got to hold your hand up in that situation, haven't you, you know? The other thing, though, is that people said to me, I said, it's freezing in the kitchen, so it's rock hard. And somebody said, yeah, but don't you put your heating on. I said, yeah, but even with the heating on, the kitchen in winter never gets to oh, a come heat. Come on, yeah, no, that no, can, no. That can, you know, to be honest, Perfect buttering room temperature is probably achieved about three weeks a year in the UK. Let's oh, be yeah, honest. massively so. You, I, there were points in last summer's heatwave where I'd, I'd attempt to butter some butter that had been left in the cupboard, and literally it was just like, I might as well have just poured it onto the <laughs> whatever bread I was putting it on from the butter dish. It is, you know, we get... It's probably between like maybe late April, early May until probably... You know, yeah. first week of August, and then after that, it's total fucking crap. And sometimes, if you leave the lid off it in our house, you come down to lots of uh, claw marks in it because the cats ah, have been yes. at it. See. Anyway, always, should we talk always about in the something? Always in the cupboard. Should we talk no, about something? No, let's talk about butter. For this entire <laughs> yes, podcast. I want to talk about butter storage use, animal <laughs> thievery of butter all the way. Through. Do you know? Do you know in America and places like that, they have a weird like thing that. Like, because obviously butter spoils if you leave it out in very hot countries. Yes. And they have a weird, like, thing where, like, the butter is sort of stored in a, like, a a bath of water. It's bizarre. I, I saw one on, an, like, an American home show once, and it was like, what the fuck is that? And they also have this whipped butter thing in America I couldn't understand when I went there. So what do you mean? What do you mean it's whipped? Well, they do, like... Uh... They do. They like they don't have salt. Slightly. They don't have salted butter. Oh, here we go. It's just. It's it's basically like a. I don't even know how to explain it to you. Well, it's let's like, not try because even even yes. I'm realizing how fucking ridiculous <laughs> yeah, this conversation it's, is. It's called a butter bell. Google it, everyone, and you bell. will. You, yeah, your minds will be blown. Right. Um. Anyway. Anyway. Let's so let's be... talk about, shall we? You can get in touch <laughs> with this podcast. It's just, is this a rugby podcast? With your butter-related, you know, chat. I thought I was doing my my sort of butter and cream podcast. This is not I a Patreon episode where we can go off and talk for whatever we want. Oh, it's really Nobody's not. asked. We haven't had a Patreon Q and A. 
But anyway, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, at Blood and Mud, that's me, it was Liam, Blood and, Mud. Yes. and what about you, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner, at Rugby Shit Watch, and at Butterlover1, obviously. <laughs> don't search that hashtag. Don't, I get a feeling really that won't be great. Yeah, it's not a safe word. Get all Marlon Brando-ish. Um, we're on Acast, as you know. We're on iTunes. We're anywhere. Just put us into Google. You'll find us somewhere. We're also on Patreon, and I'd like to just uh, first shout out. I make an apology because we've had a few people who've made some VIP, Allen Brew VIP oh, lounge right. pledges in the past oh, hello. month Come on so. in. And I'd forgotten to mention it. Velvet rope. Yes, I've lifted. So we've lifted the velvet rope and invited in Jesse Murray, Hugh Davis, and Dan Nascimento. Um, especially you pronounced that last one correctly. I reckon I have. Dan, get in touch. I reckon that was a good, good, good stab by me. That worth every penny on your part, then, Dan. So a special thank you to you guys, and a special thank you to honest to everybody who joins the VIP club, because to be honest, you do it for no other reason than the fact that you think that they were worth a little bit more of your money, so thank you (laughs) very, very much. I feel feel so validated. Yeah, and of course, thank you again to everybody who gives whatever amount of their hard-earned they choose to spare us. We honestly had no idea how the Patreon was going to go when we set it up, and I remain, I don't know about you, Josh, but I remain flabbergasted. <laughs> this, oh, massively so. This is so, so, thank you so much. Yeah, I don't want to do us down, but I'm no, genuinely indeed. amazed anyone pays for this. Yeah, but also, you also get to pay for the extra stuff. And last week, we did have another uh, rugby history instalment where we talked about Ireland, which, again, I thought we was fascinating. Yes. Um, I know people have said they enjoyed it. So, you know, if you fancy a bit of rugby history, you can always throw a few quid at patreon.com slash blood and mud. I won't talk any more about that. Let's move on to... We start as we always begin with the player spotted, Graham Gulvin, long-time listener, patron, top man all round, gets in touch and says, I've just seen Hugo Whoop Whoop Harlequins standing, Hugo Whoop Whoop Harlequins even, standing, at, I want to call him Hugo from now on. Then. Yeah, um, Hugo Monia, I like it. Standing outside Ted Baker, of course, <laughs> Absolutely in, in Terminal 5 at London Heathrow. He was wearing full winter regalia, despite which is surprising since it was absolutely boiling indoors. (laughs) My dad's one of them, though. Weirdly, my dad has to wrap has a lot of layers on all the time, which is odd because he's 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 from Northumberland. Yeah, so I'd expect him to wear a vest permanently and only only a vest. (laughs) There is the yeah. Maybe he's just maybe he's got Hugo's just got poor circulation. Maybe Hugo has, or maybe Hugo just says, "This is look I'm going for today, and I'm suffering with it." Yeah, or maybe he's got to do. Something. He's got to be very cold at the other end. I stand on a side of a rugby pitch, and he's just gone. Well, fuck it, I'm not taking two lots of clothes. Well, when I went to Chicago, I noticed that the uh, the forecast was like 28 degrees when I was there. So I thought I'm only going to need a t-shirt and shorts. I'll be fine. Then no. of course I forgot how cold it was on planes. Yeah. So I had to think. Oh, I need to buy something now. And I was in Heathrow Airport. What I had to go to Paul. The only thing I could get, I wanted a sweatshirt. The only thing I could get was a Paul Smith one. <laughs> and I was like, I don't really want to buy this because it's 90 quid, but I don't want to be freezing for eight hours on the fucking plane either because those blankets are no good. I need about five of them. Oh, they're so. a load of shit, yeah. Anyway, so that was a player spotted. Before we get stuck into the meat and tooth edge of this uh, podcast, shall we have a decide who we're going to sit down next to at the clubhouse in this festive week? Yes, it's a special festive special clubhouse this sort week. Sort of, but we'll, yeah, let's yeah. see. Um, so uh, do you want to go first? Do you want, shall I go first? You you ask me. You give me my. I'll crack on. First. Okay, so your first option is uh, Felix Navy Dad. Uh, now he's a he's a forces veteran, the father of six, obviously. Hence, uh, yes, yeah, yes, uh, yes. He, he's never managed to make an advent calendar last for more than four days. 
Uh, I respect this, yeah. Yeah, uh, he plays blindside flanker when he can be bothered, but uh, generally just comes into the clubhouse to get away from his kids. Uh, and bizarrely, he also does MDMA in the toilets and then comes out and dances by himself in the middle of the dance floor to Together in Electric Dreams at 8.30pm on a Saturday evening. I have got so much time for this guy. I cannot, <laughs> I I like cannot believe like I do love, uh, we should do, we should pretend this is like a Christmas do and we can pick the roles, you know. <laughs> you can be obviously on cocaine and yeah. I will be only comes out once a week, you know. <laughs> yeah. First time out since the baby. Yeah, so I, yeah, it did. yeah, so I do like him. Yeah, yeah, uh, and your second option is uh, the Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> You've so done called, much better than me with this. But go on, yeah. Uh, so called not because he spreads festive cheer and goodwill amongst the clubhouse, uh, but because he's got a horrible habit of giving absolute gifts to the opposition, uh, usually in the shape of moronic no look missed two out of the twelve channel. Um, stubbornly refuses to acknowledge his mistakes afterwards, uh, and his catchphrase is "No, no, it was on." <laughs> I like him as well. Yeah. This is this is oh yeah, I love because I, I like that optimism. I think it's going to be uh, was it F- Felix Navidad because because I'd be up yes. there dancing with him. So that's absolutely uh, yeah. yeah. Together in Electric Dreams is a classic. It is an absolute classic. We used to cover that in the band when we had a covers song. band. Works very well, surprisingly, on guitar yeah. without well, even he... without keyboard. Get a good chug going on it. Anyway, here's your options. Yep. You can have Paul Ingbastard. Like uh, he plays prop for Manson Family RFC, and he's somehow <laughs> managed to ruin Christmas every year since 1997. Right. Some of the methods and, and ways in which he's ruined Christmas are forgetting mm. to buy the turkey, forgetting right. to defrost the turkey, right. putting a schmeckle into the turkey when drunk, mm. leaving his pregnant wife on Christmas Eve, playing mistletoe and wine on repeat all night, falling asleep on the cat and killing it after doing three bottles of red wine on Christmas Day afternoon, leaving his job three days before Christmas to become a DJ and not understanding why his wife was upset about this, calling his mother-in-law a fat, lard-sucking twat during the sign of the peace handshake at midnight mass, pissing in the collection plate at the same midnight mass, stealing the collection plate from the same midnight mass and shagging his second wife's sister in the car after that midnight mass. That's just a selection of how Pauling Bastard has managed to ruin Christmas every year since 1997. He seems like an absolute nightmare. <laughs> uh, but I mean, funny. If, isn't, if, you, if, you don't, if you're not his wife or his immediate family, it seems like you get off all right. Yeah, so, so, you know, yeah. he's in the game. Lots of, yeah. He's absolutely in the game. And the second choice you've got is Susan Shortarm. She's a <laughs> club physio at Bristol Wilson RFC. And yeah. simply put, she lost half an arm while trying to wrap a fan that she didn't realise was plugged in. Oh, a couple of Christmases ago, one of my one of my all time fears. Yeah, yeah, yes, that's so funny. That isn't it? That that fear of putting it because it might yeah. start. I was there's a there's a guitar maker uh, who makes very nice guitars called Prisma Guitars uh, in California, and uh, he now only has one or two fingers. Uh, power power tool injury. Uh, well. Sort of. He uh, basically in his workshop, his extractor fan got clogged, Ooh. and he uh, he reached in to try and unclog it without realizing that it was still on. And being an industrial extractor fan, uh, things happened, and it sort of basically deprived him of most of his right hand. Because my dad's a builder, he's a kitchen fitter. He gives me tools that are no longer adequate for him. That's it. Yeah, perfect for me because I use them once every two years. Yeah. He's given me a DeWalt chop saw, circular saw thing. 
and I've used it loads of times, it's perfectly fine. But you do have, you can see in your mind these in, intrusive thoughts of, as I'm going straight through Oh, massively fingers. so. It's horrendous, yeah. isn't it? So who are you going to sit next to? Um, oh, it's got to be, it's got to be the first bloke, it's isn't it? It's got to be Paul. He'd be so awful, he'd be entertaining. Well, he'll have some stories yeah. to tell because he'll somehow make it that this is good for him, all of these stories, because he's that if kind of not, guy. Do you know what I mean? If it's not happening to you, it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> it is funny, yeah. It's, Right then, let's move on with the news. Uh, Scott Johnson is off to Australia. A few people have pointed yeah. this out on Twitter and the shit go, but I'll pick it up yeah. in the news. Yeah, it's. I mean, raise your hand if you forgot that Scott Johnson was employed by the SRU. I my hand couldn't be higher. You can't see it, yes. listeners. I, it, I, ge- I forgot. Genuinely, can I not thought it was a mistake when somebody said it. I was like, "What on yeah. earth are you talking Hang on. about?" What? But... However. You, you you can't argue with his results. If he's been the director of rugby for the past six years, which is and it's his job to put structures in place. Yeah, you have he to say that outcome-wise, he's doing all right. And he? it's gone rather well, hasn't it? I know you he's, know, he's never been. You know, quite, he's questionable as a coach, perhaps. Well, that's the thing. He's not a good coach, but he's clearly not a thick man, and clearly not a bad. He hasn't got a bad rugby brain on him. And basically, he was what? He was a disastrous interim head coach after they sacked Andy Robinson. And then they just moved him upstairs when Vern came in. And ever since then, he's been working behind the scenes to sort of do the academy Which is and this path, kind of the pathway. Have now, so. And yeah, I mean, you can't, you, you know, people are like, why does, you know, why does fucking Australian rugby Australia want him? Yada, yada. Look what he's done. But I think a lot of people are seeing it as well. He's going to come in to sort out the international team right now, which obviously he's not going to do, is he? No, that's not his job. Because, his job. Checkers, you know, and Checker would tell him to fuck off if he tried. I think people yeah. don't trust Scott uh, Johnson because he looks a little bit too much like Nico McBrain from yes, Iron Maiden. He absolutely does. Uh, there's, there's too much also of that a, going on. There's a lot of fucking allies. I've never realised he does look exactly like Nico McBrain, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. I love Nico. He's probably my favourite metal drummer. But yeah, Scott Johnson is, you know, he's a nice bloke. I met him once. He was very funny uh, and very Australian. Yes. He's he's clearly got a rugby brain on his shoulders. His tenure at the Ospreys was broadly disastrous. But but I think a lot of people if, are judging this appointment on his coaching record. Yeah, exactly. And if it was based solely on that, yeah, you would go, what the fuck is wrong with people? Yeah. But actually, if he absolutely. became the new fucking Wallabies head coach, he would go, what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> but are you, are you unhinged? Yes. But, yeah. Uh, to bring him in as a man upstairs when he's overseen, you know, six years of probably the biggest success that the Scottish national team yeah. has enjoyed in my life. And even if it's not, you could argue that it's not absolute success. Relatively, the growth curve has been. Pro- yeah. Yeah. And not and in not just in an isolated way. It's like the development pathway is, you know, looks incredibly strong. The, the academy, you know, the mm. the sevens are very strong. The academy system's working well. Both of the Scottish Pro Fourteen teams are very strong. It's like he has literally done almost everything right in the last six years. You know, they got the right head coach to replace Big Vern, for example. Yeah. Both of the Scottish teams have got the right head coaches. They've identified loads of um, exiles and Scottish qualified players elsewhere that they've brought in and have been brilliant. 
you know, he has done... They've got a good a fan- coaching set up behind it. They went and got Sean Wayne from Wigan. Now, I'm not... That's the proof, you know, the time will tell on that. But the point is, he's been ambitious it's in smart. what he's trying to do. Yeah, it's, yeah. Sa- it's smart and it's clever and it's interesting. I mean, yeah. If he does what he's done with Scotland or Australia, then, you know, Australia will be fucking laughing, frankly. So that's that. Uh, speaking of people being off and going, yes. you know, Bernard Jackman's gone. Now, not yeah. greatly surprising. However, you're wearing an Osprey shirt tonight, Josh. How do you feel about WRU then going, oh, it's all right, we'll just move Sean Edwards away for the job he's doing at the Ospreys? It's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Well, the thing is, he was doing a job at both the Ospreys and the Dragons, which I found slightly bizarre in the first place, because he, 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 was, he was working on the defence with both the Dragons and the Ospreys, because obviously the Ospreys have Brad Davis, who is uh, defence coach of the Ospreys. Um, it's weird. It's a weird one, because why sack Bernard Jackman now given that you can't get relegated nothing bad can happen to you really like sack him now if you've got a long term replacement so you can say to the players that are coming in that you're trying to get in and also the players that are trying to leave um, well don't leave (laughs) believe believe in you know our project look at this brilliant coach we've got coming in instead they're going don't leave or come to our club. We've got Sean Edwards for six months, and then who the fuck knows? <laughs> yes. And I don't know. I just find that I really think weird. Any coach that comes in is going to try and put whatever their strategy is onto things, aren't they? And that takes a bit of time. Now, obviously, you could argue Jackman's had long enough of it to start at least looking mm. like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I don't. But think Edwards I... comes in, does something for six months, and somebody else comes in. It's the start of another strategy, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's almost like a desperate sort of roll of the dice to add a bit of respectability to the dragons, in the hope of convincing the likes of Hallam Amos and Tyler Morgan not to leave in the summer. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, there is that. Um, and also yeah. to try and get some more players in. And maybe if you can yeah. pick up a few more wins than you would have done, I mean, you'll never know. But if you just win a few more, everyone's a bit more cheerful going into the break, aren't they, and stuff like that. Yeah. I just I find it a very I find it a very odd move at a very odd time, um. But I mean, you can't say that Jackman hasn't had it coming. No, you indeed. Know? Yeah, the they, you know he's won what they won what six games in eighteen months. It's not fucking good enough. And as we but, said, we talked about this, didn't we? Was it last week or the week before? Where we said you look at the the, the team list from start to finish. It shouldn't yeah. be that bad. Well, it's it's a very similar sort of thing to Leicester. You look at that Leicester team, and regardless of how many panic boys and bad decisions have been made in the recruitment, there's no way Leicester should be as bad as they are. Yeah, you could argue that they're a top, you know, top five, top four team. If mm. well, you, know. you look at and you look at that Dragons, you know, I looked at that Dragons team at the start of the season, and I thought that the Ospreys were comfortably going to be the worst Welsh region because I thought they had the weakest squad. Yeah, um, I don't think that anymore. But on paper, that Dragons team should be pretty fucking decent. Interesting to find out who um, what, who a club like Dragons will attract as a head coach. Mm. It depends. Because on the face of it, Jackman was a good appointment, wasn't he? Decent, yeah. decent experience in different countries. You know, perfect. You know, he should have been. But he, and he, but he had a bit of a red flag over him, which is that thing, things went incredibly badly for him at Grenoble at the end. Mm. Yeah. Um. But because he was a little bit tainted, 
that's why the dragons got him. Like, the dragons are not going to get a fucking up-and-coming, exciting young, like, coach to come to them unless there's baggage or there's something mm. to taint it, you know? And so, you know, you can't imagine anybody decent from the Southern Hemisphere unless the WIU, like, breaks the fucking bank and says, and drives a fucking dump truck of money up to their house. But, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I'm genuine, unless they give it to a, like, this the thing that they fucking should do, and they should have done now, to be brutally honest. You know, Mark Jones has done brilliant things with RGC up in North yes. Wales. Oh, that's my next question about it. You know, what's the... What's the pathway for Welsh yeah. coaches? There has to be some pathway yeah. to push them through, if isn't the, it? If the WIU is going to go to the bother of owning the Dragons, then they should at least make the Dragons, as a development region on the field, they should be a fucking development region off the field as well for the coaching pathway. And, you know, a bright young coach like fucking Mark Jones mm. should be straight in there and should be given a... You know, people are saying, oh, bring Mike Ruddock back. Don't fucking bring Mike Ruddock back. <laughs> like got you know massive respect to him and all of that stuff and he did a great job at the dragons first time around but i wonder if john thomas will fancy it i'm not saying whether it'd be a good appointment or not i'm just interested in where where he sees his career going well yeah you look at sort of these players that are that retired a couple of years ago that are starting to sort of percolate around the coaching world you got Dwayne peel who Hmm. i don't know was or is at ulster he definitely was at ulster i think he might have lost his job when everybody else did at the end of last season you got John Thomas, obviously, at Bristol. you got Mark Jones. It's, I mean, to be honest with you, you know, they they had Sean Holly until he went off and coached the Waratahs' defence. You know, there, was, there were options out there, not Sean Holly. Uh, the other Your one. old mate. Yes, whose name literally... Steve Tanding. He's literally vanished from my mind then. That's, I feel bad for him. He caused me... <laughs> you blocked him out. Caused yeah. me so much grief and annoyance that my brain just decided to pretend he didn't exist. Um, yeah, so it'd be interesting to see what they do long term. Edwards, I mean, he's tried to do this sort of doing two jobs at once thing a couple of times over the last couple of years. It's never gone particularly brilliantly. I, especially given he's literally going to be in the job for what three weeks. Yeah, because then you're back with Wales, won't he? And then he's going to fuck off for the Six Nations and go, oh, yeah, yeah. See you later. We will see. We will will see. Last bit of news, which is slightly more odd, is Mm. um, that, well, you can can tell us this one. Uh, Yes. Uh, Dominic Day and George Cruis are uh, setting up their own CBD oil company, which seems ill-advised, if I'm brutally honest. Like, Which is cannabis oil, right? Yes, cannabis oil. So I get it. CBD oil is now totally legal. It's WADA approved from January this year as an anti-inflammatory in a way of treating joint pain and all this. You know, all good stuff. However, is it a great look for professional athletes to be getting involved with cannabis oil, regardless of the legality just it's not a, is it a good well, look? it's a bit like two people setting up a sort of i don't know what so their own paracetamol company it, you know on the face that, of it however in the reality that's what it is however it's got a lot of baggage when people see i'm just really pleased it's not another coffee company in mm, fact why aren't yes. they making cannabis coffee 
There's yeah. definitely a bringing together of markets there. Yeah, there has to CB, be. CBD coffee. For... Have a word with Scott Otten. He's got yeah. a coffee company. Yeah. So's everyone's fucking got, everyone else. So everyone's got, yeah. So chuck a bit of CBD in the coffee. It'll so be selling like hash cakes. May, yeah. Maybe rugby. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Come on. <laughs> maybe this generation of rugby players will then be able to walk by the time they're 40. If they're all. Yeah, because it it's very powerful anti-inflammatory, isn't it? Cannabis? Apparently so, yes. Um, and you know, if it if it helps players and people and everybody in general, you know, to I'm all for it. I you know, I say fucking legalize the thing and let players use it if it helps the pain management. However, I mean, the Daily Mail's not going to like this, are they? Let's be honest. Yeah, but what if they end up, you know, all piling on loads of weight, or or they're on it's it, loads they're of... on it before a game, and they end up stop playing because they're trying to work out how to get the protector off the post and what Smashing it's made out. of. Sm- Smashing edibles and all day long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, well, so it's an edit, I will genuinely be genuinely interesting. interesting. When you yeah, mentioned yeah. to me, I was like, "What on earth are you talking about? Is this a wind up?" But no, exactly. it's, a, it's... It's, it's it sounds like it should be a wind up, and that in many ways will be the biggest issue for them. I think. Shall we? Shall we uh, try and get things a little bit more? You know, end of, end of term party. Theming. Oh, you got it. I've got my party on. I've missed that. And I've also got a bit of a bit of part, a, bit, a bit of party a bit music. Oh yeah. Classic. We love this. Come on, get a glockenspiel. That's a, hey, that's a good question. What I do know is that it's Russ, it's Atmosphere by Russ Abbott. This was in the fucking charts. If you didn't know who Russ Abbott was, and you <laughs> and you just saw like a song called. Russ Abbott atmosphere. You think it was some like really emotive power ballad, wouldn't you? Or you know? some kind of like some DJ sort of house mix from the nineties. Yeah, exactly. Some sort of <laughs> yeah, some sort of euphoric trance. Something by like an orb type song. Yeah, trance music type. <laughs> Not trance. What was that? What was that called? Like Orbs music. Don't talk to me about dance music. <laughs> and that's why I love you. I don't understand dance music. Yeah. Um so there you go. That's the end of the news. A bit of a party interlude there. And yeah. let's go on to, you know, stuff from the weekend we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Let me say to you, let me say this to you. I'm going to give you a bit of context, right? Mm-hmm. I've got a dog now. Mm-hmm. Kerrig the half corgi. I, I take Kerrig for a walk. Yeah. And I have a ball. Uh-huh. And you take, you let him off his lead. You take the ball out of the pocket and he looks at you and you cock your arm back. And what happens? Right, he runs like a motherfucker. He runs like a motherfucker. Why is that? It's because dogs follow the ball with their heart and not their eyes or their ears. Indeed. It's all they about have... how they feel about the ball. Right? Exactly. They do not have object permanence. No, so it's they don't the chase top. the ball with their eyes. They chase the ball with their hearts. And I'm getting the feeling there are a number of teams looking at this weekend, Leicester, Bath, Scarlet, a few others, <laughs> who should try defending with their eyes and ears a bit more than simply using their heart. Yeah. Because they are definitely just sort of going wherever their heart takes them in defense. Genuinely, some fucking appalling... Over the, to be honest, the last two weeks, there has been some genuinely appalling defending going on in the Champions Cup. <laughs> Wasps are a disgrace. Leicester are a disgrace. Bath yeah. were a disgrace this week. 
it's like nobody's very good at it. I mean, even Saracens conceded a bunch of tries. It's like, God, what's wrong with you people? Yeah, and it, it'll be, it end? maybe it's just a run into Christmas and everyone's a bit fed up and they'll be all fresh again after being yeah, a bit I mean, more rested, I don't know. Gloucester certainly seemed like they weren't fucking particularly bothered about defending this week, having done a fair bit of it last week. Every like, single time Exeter caught the ball and just decided to do a drive, Gloucester were like, what the, what the fuck are we supposed to on, do with this? Hang on, yeah. <laughs> this was not in what's the script. What's this? No, is, this is this part of the game, this this thing? Because I don't know what to do with it. Never, it's like, I've never seen this before. <laughs> In training, Danny just throws a miss too. <laughs> Excuse but, me, sir. Yeah. Are they allowed to all get in a big lump like this? Because it doesn't seem very fair. <laughs> it just seems really unfair. I mean, this this was the week of like it's, it exposed both the brilliance and the fallacy of these double headers. In that, like, if you're going to give a big nasty team a bloody nose in the first game. It's really helpful if you're not then playing them again the week after and give them <laughs> instant vengeance because Exeter were just like, right. In the driving rain and pissing cold. Yes, yeah, yeah. so it was like, it's raining today, it's cold, <laughs> and we have remembered who we are. It just makes you realise how uh, distinctly more powerful they are, that, which is weird yeah. because Gloucester don't have Gloucester a small have a, pack. Gloucester have a big, but hard it's, pack. It's in the they're tight. They're big just, enough and hard enough. And they're not organised enough. You no. can be as big and hard as you like if you're not organised enough then. Well, it's like Rob Baxter was saying last week after the defeat. It's like they're usually a mach- like a basically mm. a machine, and they were that again on Friday night. They were like there was no hint of sort of emotion or human kindness. It was just <laughs> it was just oh the set. humanity as they go over again for a it push was, over yeah, try. It was, just, it was just scrum penalty corner line out try. Repeat, yes. yeah. Tackle, knock on, scrum, <laughs> penalty, corner. And then every then Gloucester would kind of score. You think, oh, it could be on here. Come on, Gloucester. And then yeah. and then they just go, yeah. Every time fall and, over you know, the line. Gloucester did not play that badly, but it was just a case of <laughs> no, every just time like, Exeter got the ball. Time, yeah, they were just like, right, we're going to go down there now. See you later. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it was. It was the old, uh, you know, Apollo Creed and Rocky too. Get your cameras ready. He's going down. <laughs> Get your cameras ready. This is going to be driven over in about thirty seconds. And then, and that's before you even get to Leinster, who just turned around and said, "Oh, oh, you think you think you you got one over on us? You think you got the moral victory last week? Did you? <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> Let me show you what a moral victory looks like. Yeah, uh, and God, that was brutal." The scrum, man. Oh. Oh. I mean, it could have been... It could have been worse. It could have been... If Leinster had basically just gone, yeah, this one's done, boys, after about 55 minutes and pulled everyone off, (laughs) that could have been fucking 60. But they were just like, yeah, you know what? It's all right. We've done our job here. There's a lot of talk about the uh, Premiership. Best league in the world. TM. Mm. Um, and the fact that it looks like one team's going to qualify who are probably one of the best teams in Europe. Yes. Um, I think people are overstating it a bit, though. I just think it's a pretty it's competitive... Instant instant moral panic thing, isn't it? It's yeah, like a couple of... it's a tough competition, you know, and sometimes yeah. you do all right and sometimes you don't, and it only takes a couple of games to not go your way, and yeah, well, the wherever you're from, you know. It's incredibly fucking hard. You lose one game 
and that could be it. You know, mm. one game. You know, you lose a game away from home, and you might well not be going through. It's that you know, the Champions Cup is that fucking cutthroat, and is that do or die. And yeah, sometimes it's going to go against you. Like a couple of years ago, they were saying the Irish teams were on their way down because they were struggling because yeah. only one team made it to the quarterfinals. And now look at them; they're going to have three by the looks of it. And what's Scott Johnson leaving behind, by the way? Well, yeah, <laughs> two Scottish teams probably. Yeah, two in the Scottish teams in knockout stages. Exactly. <laughs> These things ebb and flow, with the exception of Wales never doing well at all. <laughs> um, well, their ebb and flows in a much narrower channel, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The ebb, the ebb and flow is we have between team, totally a, shit and sort team, of shit. A team making the semi-final roughly once every ten years, other than that complete futility. Um, we could yeah. have a, a very long discussion about how it doesn't translate to the national team and stuff, couldn't we? But it's uh, it's odd. It's odd. It is funny, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, sorry. But, but the other way, the national team's relative yes, success and yeah, competitiveness yeah. doesn't translate into not the even teams that feed it. It really doesn't. Um, but yes, um, other things that I learned from the weekend, it's not so much from the weekend sport, okay. but I feel like we need to talk about that Ellis Genge piece in the mail. Yeah, because Ellis honestly, Genge tells it like it is. Yeah, probably one of the most important... And even if it to... isn't like it is, he just fucking tells it anyway. He tells it how he thinks it is, yeah. <laughs> yes! Like, probably one of the most interesting and important interviews a rugby player's done in years. Like, let's break this down, shall we, right? In points. Firstly, English rugby's development system is effectively classist and ignores players of superior athletic ability and, and talent in favour of players who come from the right background and especially the right public schools. So that's just number one. Right? Yeah. Number two, uh, that he personally, being someone from a mixed-race background uh, and a shit part of Bristol... Um, has to alter his personality. You know Bristol. Is that bit where he's from particularly bad? Um, Noel is a bit of a shithole, yeah. Well, bits of, like Noel West, where I think he's from, is a bit of a shithole. Right. Um, although it's all gentrifying because Bristol's coming to New London. Yes. Anyway. Um, They'll all be yeah. in Newport soon, and a toll's well, gone. Well, exactly. <laughs> um, but he has to literally alter his personality, his demeanour, and even his fashion sense around rugby types because if he acts that the way that he would naturally, any sort of young mixed-race man from fucking Noel would act... He'll be judged for it. Um, three, he thinks Leicester is, aside from the rugby, a bit of a shithole. Um, <laughs> did make me laugh. I'm, I'm yeah, I've got no real person. affinity with this yeah. place, but well, I like the club. Good. Yeah. It's shit. Yeah. Um, four, that at 23, he's basically living with chronic pain and permanent physical disability as a result of injuries he suffered playing the game and is very aware that his career might end at any moment. Um, yeah. Five, he prefers to run at faces, not spaces, which is one of the best things that anyone has ever said in an interview. Um, and six, that bit where he said, yeah, what, you think by telling us we're playing shit, we don't fucking know that already? Yeah, yeah. I mean, also, yeah, directly after that, six, the casual acknowledgement that he and presumably most other rugby players are smashing so much caffeine into their bodies before and during games that they are fucking wired for, literally, in his words, Hours after. He says that, doesn't he? You're wired on caffeine or a coach. I was to read Twitter yeah. and everyone telling you that you're playing shit. Yeah. Um, seven. And there are, and finally, there are basically no leaders in the current Leicester team because they've all left. And the squad realises that most of the players they have signed are, in his own words, panic signings. <laughs> I mean, and that's, and that's without even getting to the fact that he literally rang up the mail and said, 
Right, I've got some things I need to see, say. I fucking so, love it, press man. I absolutely no love it. Mandated media session. He just went right. Come over. I'll put my gold teeth, my gold tooth in, <laughs> and we'll fucking crack on. And when he interviewed with the Times, he put like a hoodie on with goggles, didn't he? Yeah. It's yeah. He's. I love him. I absolutely love him for his sheer. La- Whether anything that he says is true, and I think a hell of a lot of what he said is probably fucking true, to yes. be honest. He's brilliant because he literally could not give less of a fuck about anything and anyone. And I think the point he's made, a lot of people are saying, and I think fairly, that you know, there aren't barriers to playing rugby. If you want to go and join a club, you can go and no. do it. Nobody's going to tell you to fuck off. Do you know what I mean? If anything, they're no. desperate to get you in. But it's um, really not the fucking point here. But I remember my mate, and it's and it's about and, and the question often comes up: Is it about him or is it about them? Are mm. they just behaving in the way they would normally behave? And then you feel so kind of, oh, fuck, these people aren't like me, that you start to behave differently. It's hard to know what happens. I remember my mate who grew up in, I grew up in Lee with, very, very good rugby player, played for Lee Miners, really good athlete as well. Mm. Um, He's an engineer. He got a job down in um, somewhere near fucking Swindon or something down Mm. that way. Um, And went down there and went and joined a rugby union club because that's all it was down there to play rugby. And after about three months, I said, how are you getting on down there? And he was like, oh, I jacked it in. I said, why? He said, oh, I just, just, just not, not my kind of people, really. Mm. And I think to myself, there's no way they wouldn't have been welcoming to you because rugby clubs are generally welcoming places. Mm. So he obviously just, it was just a bit too different for him, which was, you know, I don't think anybody was horrible to him or anything. He just, he just couldn't quite get it. Plus, it's, again, he's playing a different game and stuff. I don't think that's the issue, but that you're, it's important to make the distinction between that, which is I think most clubs would welcome you, and whether or not there is some kind of inbuilt bias in the England pathway system, which favours which which favours private schools. Now, well, I'd have to look into it a lot more, and I'm not trying to sort. Of, but you've yeah. got to look at most people. Most Kyle Sinclair came from South London, but ended up going into a private school sixth form because he was identified, yeah. and Quinns yeah. effectively brokered the scholarship, didn't they? Yeah. Well, you, you look, you know, 50% of the current England squad went to a fee-paying school for some or all of their education. Yeah, and the ones that didn't were Ben Teo and Brad Shields who well, yeah, from, the ones didn't that go did, to school the ones, in this country. But. Yeah, the ones that didn't, they were like, well, Sam Underhill didn't go to a fee-paying school. And it's like, yeah, but he went to a nice boys' grammar school and then went to Harpery College. It's like, yes, that's, that might, you know, they might not be fee-paying schools, but going to a nice grammar school is still a bit different to going to. I'd love to know how many of the current England squad went to a comp. The uh, Mike Brown did, I think. Yeah. Uh, the but the um, which is kind of which probably um, explains why he's just so fuck you sort of thing. Yeah, you know, I'm exactly. going to push through and, this. You know, you know, I might find Mike Brown annoying, but it's like he has something a bit different about him because he comes from a different, you know. And I'm pretty sure Chris Ashton probably went to a comp as well. Oh, I or, did. Yeah, he usually did. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, these things. You know, it's you can go well. You know, where does it matter where they went to school? And it doesn't matter. But it's like no, having... no, we're not judging them for that. I'm not no, saying exactly. that. But, it doesn't matter. but it's it's like it doesn't change what? the fact that it is. Nobody says anything. Hmm. You know, rugby's not that inclusive. It is a game in England and parts of England played by that strata, and Absolutely. where it's developed. And the thing is, that is what it is. If you listen to the Rugby History Podcast, if anybody's listened to them, there's a very good reason. We've talked about this at great length there about why that happened and all Tom that kind of stuff. Brown's fucking <laughs> school days. Um, and the thing is, I'm not saying it just... England are going to miss a trick if they don't. And I think they are if you were trying. Mm. But I think, you know, it, it's a trick that's being missed. And it doesn't change the fact that I think he's kind of right, really. But Well, and the fact is that, like, 
regardless of what the RFU tries to do in terms of bringing the game to more people, it's like they can't change, you know, they can't basically sack everyone in a position of power, authority or influence in English rugby and replace them. You know, and there's it's also a lot think, of... even if you did find somebody in a comp, they're going to get pushed through a private school to get into the setup. Yeah. That's just, or yeah. they're going to go to a nice, like you said, a grammar school yeah. or something, because that's the way the pathway works. Yeah, and it's like that whole fucking thing is, and is you actually gonna... can't get in without going through that pathway because no. you're competing against people who go to private schools who can dedicate as much time as they want to sport, yeah, and don't have a because... national curriculum and don't have all yeah. the other shit they have to deal with. Yeah, and I've had to sell their school field and stuff like that. Yeah, they've got a field to play on, for example. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and they've got facilities and they've got coaching and they've probably got a gym in their school where they can fucking work out all day instead of having to fucking go in a you know a mm. shitty porter cabin round the back. It's got a couple of own barbells in it. You know, it's there's that one school in Kent or Essex, isn't there? That um, <clears throat> who came through that one? It's the former Lions scrum half who became the head of games <clears throat> there, and he basically oh, right. said. Um, we're a rugby school now. We don't do anything else. We're a rugby school. That's what we do. And they ended up like beating some of the local private schools and stuff because he's, they basically said that's what you have to do. If you mm. want to have develop a pathway of rugby like that, it has to be the only thing you do. You can't tinker around with it and have football and stuff. And simply that's, you know, who's going to do that when everyone wants yeah, to play and, football? Well, that's the thing. And you look like someone like Atoje, for example. It's like, you know, Atoje is, you know, London prep school. You know, London boarding school and then Harrow. You know, for all of, you know, for, yeah. as much as Todger is a fucking breath of fresh air in a lot of ways in the England setup, it's like his actual pathway to it could not be more fucking England rugby. You know? Oh god, yeah. It's and and a lot and it's you know he you know Alice Genji's you know Alice Genji's obviously fucking overstating for effect when he says he knows scaffolders that are quicker than Johnny May. Well, maybe he does, you know. But, you know, Liam Williams was a fucking roofer mm. or a scaffolder, and he'd totally fallen through the fucking cracks until somebody actually noticed that he was fucking hot piss. And, you know, how many... And that's in Wales, where that whole fucking... You know, one of the weirdest things that I ever found when I moved to England from Wales was how fucking different rugby culture is here and how the majority of people that I worked with and spent time with and knew had, you know, the met through like, you know, who were just ordinary fucking working to lower middle class people I had no interest in rugby because it was a game played by fucking posh and people. And I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with the fact that culture is different in England because it, it just Absolutely is, it just not. is it the is way it is. is. We're not, we're, I you know, anybody listening might think we're getting, I'm not getting like that. It's just, I think it's just recognising that is the way it is. It's not probably, he's exaggerating a bit, but there's a lot in truth in what Alice Gange is saying. And me as an English person from, you know, it's recognising that it's going to be a, oh, glass ceiling is the wrong word, but some kind of glass ceiling of, of sorts with this kind of stuff. And well, you're going to miss out on you're going to miss out on athletes that are not good enough. You know, they they're not of the right build to play, say, football. But yeah. they're great athletes who might be perfect. You know, big lads. To, yeah. You know, <laughs> there's, know. there's a, but it was a very, 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 very interesting, incredibly really and, interesting. And it, the game's a lot better having him around. Absolutely on the field yeah. as well. He really is. Yeah, he's an absolute um, beast. He's great. 
But it's definitely a case that, you know, more players need to talk like this. Yeah, you know? and to be honest, I think it's not going to happen. It's because no, I... he is a one-off, and I think that increasingly, like with lots of other professional sports and professional <sighs> pursuits, yeah. the PR is going to take over, and there's going to be a lot of that stuff. It's great that we're probably still existing in a time in rugby where this kind of stuff is okay and is all right. No, it's but very interesting, it's... and we all we all enjoyed it. Uh, what else yeah. have I got from the weekend? Nigel Owens, right? I love Nigel oh, because <laughs> he even makes he even makes people ignoring him sound like part of his plan. I know. But he put just... people together and had to go over fighters and right, shake hands. You don't want to shake hands, that's fine, that's okay as well. Sort of thing. <laughs> and yeah, but that was like the ultimate fucking like you know what should have happened there, you know, Nigel giving a, another lecture to a pair of adults is tedious at the best of times. But 81st minute, right? All he had to say there was, look, boys, this game's nearly over. Let's yeah. calm down. Let's calm down and get to full time, all right? Yeah. No. Instead, it's it's very embarrassing. It's not needed in the game. I won't let you... Re- fuck off. <laughs> like, the, the thing, thing that's is, ruining the game is you... he remains a great ref, right? Yeah, like, he just he needs is. to turn it back down to about eight. That's yeah. all. You know. But the, the bit where he tries to make them shake hands like they were five and absolutely credit to them both, they just went, nah. <laughs> and then for that, in that split second, you realise that his lectures have zero impact on the people on the field. They are purely playing for the cameras. Yeah. He de- like the people on the field, complete, it completely washes over them because they've heard Nigel fucking telling people off like they're children. A Do you remember that one where he pulled the entire 30 players in? Yeah, and he pulled one of them, and, he, and he said, "What did he say? I don't know. I'm not going to make a big deal out of this, but this has to stop." It's like you've just pulled every. You just pulled every in. single player in, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, of course, every you know, it headlines everywhere. Nigel Owens proves again why he's the best ref in the world. No, that's not why he, he was. He's genuinely slapped. still probably the best referee yeah. in the world. I think Barnes is better than him now, or he's up there. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but he's still he's yeah, still a great ref. It's three. just you just don't you know people say oh we well, shouldn't take his personality away. So, but that's not his personality. That's just no. like randomly just, ra- ranting and showing off. That's playing to the cameras, and that's the thing. He is still one of the top two or three refs in the world. He is still brilliant, but that's not why. The reason him telling people off, yes. Like they're five is not why he's the best ref in the world. He's the best ref in the world because he referees the game with a degree of sympathy and empathy, yeah, and allows the game to flow. Yeah, but or ugh. ignores loads of shit he shouldn't. Depends on you. Ask. Or, well, yeah, or that too. Yeah. What else we got for uh, the weekend? Uh, to lose a back. Oh, isn't it great? It, did you know what it is actually? Isn't it like when they beat Leinster I, like a few weeks ago? I was like, yeah, all right. You know, they look like they've right. You know, they were in the Challenge Cup the year before. You know, they look like they've righted the ship a little bit. But honestly, you look at that what team and what they did to Wasps on Saturday. Yes, they're monstrous everywhere. They've got like a proper mix of hard, experienced bastards, and I use that term bastards. Yes, absolutely. Every, in in, in um, its truest rugby sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and some magnificent, exciting young players, and it's like what a great blend! What a and Johan Uge for the, for the shithouse cherry on the top. Absolutely. Has, has anyone ever looked more like a shithouse and been that? Johan you know, like, Uge is what I is what I imagine Barabbas looks like. 
Do you know the one who got let off instead of Jesus? That's what I think Barabbas probably looked like. Yes, yeah, or Judas. You know, yeah, he does. Got, yeah. got a bit of a Judas vibe. I don't. Yeah. But I, I was watching him play on Saturday and being an absolute prick at every given opportunity, as he he seems incapable of not being. And I was just thinking, is there a sort of a version of nominative nominative determinism, but with just looking like a shit house? It's like. He looks in the mirror every day and he sees that face that looks like a sort of pirate mixed with Judas Iscariot. And yeah, if you went to the if he went to a casting and nobody knew who he was, he'd just go, yeah, yeah, you're the kind of, you're the roguish bad guy, I think. Yeah, yeah. If he was in WWE, he'd be a heel permanently, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah, he couldn't. You know, he's a heel in rugby, and rugby's <laughs> yeah. not supposed to sport the half heels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he, you know, he is basically. Is you know does he wake up every morning and go well I suppose I you know he basically wants to be you know the the epitome of fair play and decency but then you know everybody just expects him to be a massive prick and then eventually he's just like well I shall live up to my role and start stamping on people's faces and doing he's box cheap office shit. though isn't he I can't he's a complete he's got, arsehole, I've, I've but I can't weird, he's I've compelling got a weird love of him he's compelling as they like, say yeah. if you don't have villains you can't have heroes can you exactly so. and and yeah there's something about him that I just genuinely he's an arsehole but I genuinely... was magnificent the scrum half oh god scrum he was half. good Kano was a uh... did you hear what Kano said to Nigel <laughs> Oh, yes. Said, yeah, was it? What did he say? Yeah. Even Superman gets Even it wrong Superman sometimes. It. <laughs> 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 that was amazing. Delightful. Well, I enjoy, that was another reason why I enjoyed that game so much, I think. Because one, they were just ignoring him and then they were kind of gently ribbing him. Yeah. yeah, there were numerous examples of players basically just going, yeah, fuck off, Nige, <laughs> without actually saying, yeah, fuck off, Nige, which is glorious. Yes. So, yeah, and uh, was it again? Um, who's that outside centre for... Oh, uh, oh God! What is his name? Oh, um, begins with a G. Yes, G- it does. Uh, G. Oh, fuck. G two. G two. Yes. How fucking good is he? Very, very good. Yes. Yeah. How the fuck is Matthew Bastro starting ahead of him for the French team? Yeah. Well, how many times do you need to ask that question before you just well, become? How is he starting against anybody? How is he starting? Full stop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, wonderful but, game though. Yeah, but it's and it's yeah. also actually good to see you know them. Um, it feels right. Well, it's just nice to see a team that isn't it's Toulon. Good game, isn't it? Yeah, and everyone wants to lose to be strong. It's like everyone wants an international rugby. Everyone wants South Africa to be strong. Everyone wants to lose yeah. to be strong. You know, rugby is a better yeah. place. European rugby lose. is better when a team that's won it six times is good again. And uh, you, you know, know, and Colby the ninja. Oh God, he's good. Ninja, but, ninja, ninja. I just yeah. I mean, what's his face? Tamak as well. The young twelve. Uh, is he, he is son of Emil, isn't he? He must be. He is the son of Emil, yeah. He looks fucking decent. And that's the thing, they've got this really good blend of old bastards and young, really exciting... But they're probably bastards as well. well so... Yeah, they, they've <laughs> learned to become bastards. Don't get me wrong. But for, at the moment, they're just really exciting. And I, you just look at that and just go, yeah, this is a team that's got a really good blend. I'm not sure if it's like a Leinster-beating blend. And it's also the first... It's their kind of first break. Yeah. Breakthrough is the wrong word, but the season when yeah. they're actually pulling it together, isn't it? Yeah. So they're, they're they're either second or top of the top. What I will team. say is they're that Toulouse versus Europe. Leinster game looks like it's going to be an absolute. Banger. Oh, well, that I am. <laughs> that is appointment viewing. That is going to be, especially given that Toulouse won the first game. It's like, 
rocking up at the RDS or at the Aviva Stadium or wherever they play it, that's going to be... It's either going to be an absolute fucking arm wrestle, vicious shithousery bun fight, or it's just going to be a bit like that Wasps game was where everyone's scoring tries forever and everybody goes home happy. So, yeah, I, I, I'm absolutely... Well, when is that game? That's going to be like January, isn't it? Ooh, can't remember. I probably something like that. But uh, yeah, it's going to be great. Yes. So, anything else on the weekend? Um, aside from the fact that, you know, well, we've sort of touched on it, but yeah, Scotland's doing well this year. Yes. I mean, particularly Edinburgh. The Edinburgh conundrum, I, yes. Well, yeah, they, you know, they're right in with a fucking great shout of getting the quarterfinals again. Um, Glasgow have got a bit of an uphill struggle, but they could still comfortably make the, you know, two quarter-finalists from two teams is a fucking incredibly good return and it, it just emphasises once again what fucking rude health Scottish rugby's in. Mm. Zero. It gets a bad rep. Like when people say they have zero interest in something. Well, if you're thinking of buying an electric car this year, you'll find this interesting because at Nissan we see the power of zero. Introducing the Nissan LEAF Power of Zero offer. Buy a brand new 100% electric zero emissions Nissan LEAF and get one year's free servicing, a free home charger, the lowest electric finance offer on the market and great savings on running costs. Now that's the power of zero. Find out more at nissan.ie. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Right yeah. then, shall we move on to the good the and the shit, shit? The shit and the good, yeah. Yes, there are uh, two kinds of people. <laughs> there are, there are two kinds of anything. It is, it is a measure for everything yes. in life. Make your decision. Never yes. mind TripAdvisor reviews. Oh, never no, mind no, no. star ratings, never mind any of that, never mind anything qualitative. They're all bought anyway. This. this can't be bought. <laughs> you know, I'm sure one day if anybody nobody, tries, we'll find out. Is, yeah, nobody has ever tried it's to It's easy to sit there when nobody's tried to buy, isn't it? Yes, I have principles. <laughs> I am uncorruptible. Ah. Nobody has ever tried to corrupt me. Uh, um, yeah, so shit good ratings. Ratings indeed. Um, shit for me is... Uh, Dan Cole could have literally had three red cards. Uh, in the end, got one yellow. He was just like, if if all he's gonna, if he's got to the point now where all he really offers to the game of rugby at a top flight level is just lazy shithousery, he might want to get a lot <laughs> better at it. I do like the idea they probably just sat on the bus afterwards, wired on caffeine, or before yeah. the game, after the game, like so. What before the game, wired on caffeine? What do you want to do about how shit Leicester are? The sat the front row down the front. Again, says, I'm going to do a load of interviews and just tell people how fucked off I am. 
Yeah. And Cole goes, ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm just going to start shit out and batching everybody on the field. I'm just going to try and take everyone's heads off, <laughs> no matter where they are. You're a talker, I'm a doer, Ellis. Yeah, it's fine because Austin Healy will back me up regardless. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely Austin Healy amazing. Will get me- Get me into a positively Mobius strip of logic attempting to justify how I haven't elbowed someone in the throat. I've got shit is Gloucester, right? Because they're quite, to use your word, demonstrably probably the third best team in the Premiership this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, certainly at the minute. And they can't back up an away win with a home win over the second best team. It's fucking Pete Gloucester, isn't it? It's Pete Gloucester. It just shows kind of where the premiership's at, really, I think. Mm. This kind of gulf between the top two. And there's probably a gulf between Exeter and Saracens at the minute. Not a gulf, but too strong. Maybe the Irish Sea type. There's definitely a gap. There's a gap, yeah. But a gulf is too much. A gulf suggests yeah. too, a bit too large. But there is definitely, yeah. You know, there is a definite divide between what... I do like Mostert, though. Oh, he's a... I mean, he just great. worth all of that bollocks that they went through <laughs> to get him. fantastic. Which the SAIU were kept kicking off about Eben Etzebeth going to Toulon now. Again, man allowed to fucking negotiate his contract when it's up, when he his contract has run out. Just yes. fucking... Oh, anyway. What um, have we got that shit on Twitter? Patricia gets in touch. Pat- Patricia V. Hello. She says, shit was Rory Kakot clawing at Chris Clote's eyes. That was fucking horrible. Yes. What a bastard. There was a lot of shit housing in this game generally, Honestly, wasn't there? That it? fucking Ulster uh cast game. Hey, but before we move on, Patricia also says Happy Christmas Pod Kings. <laughs> who are they? I, 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 did you know who you were tweeting, Patricia? But thank if you meant us, thank you very, very much. I mean, absolutely, but, uh... <laughs> I will take Pod King because no one's ever going to call me a Pod King again. Link to uh, that or a king uh, of anything to link be to that, Ken. Paddy Spanish man got in touch. He said, shit. He said he's not sure what she shit at. Some of the refing decisions in uh, Castro versus Munst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love, I love I said how Munst. You fre- I love how you Frenchified Munster. Yeah, though. Castro Cast- versus Munst. Castro Munster. <laughs> Munster. <yeah. laughs> um, and he said, um, and, put some of, and then he says some of Munster's Twitter reaction. To it, there's been a lot of talk about this in the timeline about how Munster have reacted very badly to this. The only thing I've seen is, you know, the Three Red Kings account. Yes, and he can be a bit salty. Tom, I think his yes. name is. I've had a bit. I had a bit of a ding dong with him about Ronan O'Gara, but to be honest, it's always it's always fine. I'm a fairly robust debater. I don't mind that. He was just simply. He makes a point very clearly that what well, I read. He makes a point very clear that we didn't deserve to win that game. We left loads of points on the field, and that's. Ridiculous. But also, there was absolutely loads of shit housing that wasn't clamped down on by Barnes. And if that's not going to be clamped down on, then that's worrying. And I can't see why that's such a bad thing to say, but I've not seen the rest of the response. You may have a different view. I, th- I think people have got annoyed at the very sort of notion that Munster fans are complaining about shit housery. When... <laughs> there is that, yeah. <laughs> when Munster... <laughs> <laughs> Basically, have built that brand on a fairly fucking solid level of shithousery, and so yeah, I get it, but it's a little bit. I mean, it's you know, some of that shit that was going on in that game was foul. If it had been my team, I would have been furious. I don't think it matters if 
you've got away with a lot in the past when something bad, you know, when somebody's clawing the eyes out of your fucking player on the ground, I think you're probably... I like to get slapping a bit and punching at people who won't let go of the ball when it's not even your ball. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> just basic dickishness. It's like, However, yes. I do kind of like cast a bit for this. <laughs> They've always said, look, you know, we're not exactly superstars. So basically, no, we're going to be... be absolute twats. <laughs> we're just going to be shit houses in the extreme. <laughs> and of course, you've got to go over... Monster have to go over there, don't they? Uh, Monster no, have to go over No, because that was the double header, wasn't it? So oh, they had them at home last year, yeah, and it was away. But yes, it was, it was fine. You know, it was horrible, but that's, that's rugby sometimes. I've got nothing... I don't really have a problem with, with play... The eye thing I do. But generally yes, being a bit shit housey... I don't yeah, have a problem absolutely. with it. And, the, and, and, and also, it is right, the ref should put a stop to it. Yeah. But actually trying and to get a bit of an edge by being a bit of a shit is fine as far as I'm concerned. Well, that's just part of the game in my book. And yeah, it's frustrating when it happens to you and the ref doesn't clamp down on it. But if the ref's not clamping down on it, then surely the onus then is on your players to then be shit houses back. Yeah, and there's a lot of people who are being... You tell me Peter Omani can't... Out shit house those guys. He'd Come tell, on. He just tell him he just nonchalantly tell him to fuck off. Fuck off again. As he yeah. did last week. Well, he? Like Rory Maybe was still cock up was so still so wound up about it. He decided yeah. to gouge somebody. <laughs> to someone's eyes out, allegedly. Um uh, I don't think there's a lot of alleged. A lot, a lot of people are kind of getting pissed off as well with a lot of this gift making and, and stuff. And it does get a bit tedious. But my point I with get it. But my point with that is is fans have always discussed discussed referees' decisions. This yeah. isn't a new thing. It's all you know. People have always had arguments in clubhouses and pubs about whether a decision was right or wrong. Unfortunately, now they have the tools to effectively do a kind of massive video analysis of it, which is tedious, but it's nothing new. It's just a kind of fucking Web two point zero version of having a row with somebody in a pub, which we've all done. Yeah, and you know, okay, yeah, a GIF can be really, you know, unrepresentative because it can be. But no more unrepresentative a... than somebody's opinion in a pub. It's exactly the exactly. same thing. Exactly. Like, it's not, you know, it's always, it was, always, it was ever thus. <laughs> Rugby has always been like this. While we uh, mention our friends, uh, the Liverpool group uh, cast. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess I'm alright. Well, you're not, but never mind. Okay. I've decided to do a special new song, everyone. Hello. New song, everyone. It is a cast song. Oh, God. Simply because I realised that a certain player's name works with, the, with, with it, and I couldn't resist <laughs> it. So get ready. Are you ready? Okay, I, I am strapped in and ready, ready to go. SA to Italy, flexible nationality, you're held in haze, held in haze. <laughs> if you've played second row for Aeroni, before they were called Zebri, you're held in haze, held in haze, held in haze. <laughs> Drop by O'Shea, Connor O'Shea, Connor O'Shea. You're Quentin held in haze today. 
honestly, when you said Italy to so- SA, I was like, oh, it's Gelden Hayes, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was delighted I was wrong. <laughs> oh, it works perfectly. I couldn't resist flawlessly, it. flawlessly, yeah. Right then. It's the only time I've ever enjoyed that song. <laughs> More shit after uh, that Gareth song. Gareth Davis is shit. It, yes. Look, he's been shit for the last couple of months, let's be honest. But fucking hell, he was bad against Ulster. Like, when he can't snipe and, like, break and be that sort of attacking live wire, God, it does show up how bad the rest of his game is. His passing is iffy, but fucking hell, he's one of the worst kicking nines around. Like, I just don't... Like, he can't... He doesn't work in the in the winter. You know? No. Like, he... When the ground is hard and he can't be like an attacking like he had that lovely like, ne- nearly right footed sort of semi cross kick to the post though didn't he that nearly yeah. did a try I quite he's like ta- that but he's a talented lad but when you ask him to do a box kick in the fucking rain the wheels absolutely come off and I just I don't get it it shouldn't be that hard but <laughs> yeah he's definitely the best brainless scrum half going absolutely it's like he's got all the tools in the world. <laughs> Yeah, except it's like they've just been put in the hands of a chimpanzee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like there's a little hamster running the show upstairs. Oh, <laughs> God bless him. What else have we got? This shit from Twitter. We've got James gets in touch. He said, "Shit, was a percentage of purple quality streets in the plastic tin that I bought at the weekend." Happy Christmas, lads, and thanks for all the laughs. James, you're all right. Then there was some breaking news about there's now a pick-and-mix quality street in John Lewis. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, you can now get a pick-and-mix tin of John Lewis, uh, John, uh, John of quality street from John Lewis. Which sounds um, like a reasonable idea yes, until you get costs, to the money shot. It, yes, it costs £25 for a kilo and a half tin. Um, and is that, the, is that the same size tin that you get for like four quid from Home Bargains of normal quality street? Uh, it's slightly bigger now. It's basically, so a, a standard, like, tin is about, I think it's about 750 grams or something like that. So it's twice but, the size. So it's twice the size, but it's more than three times the price, I think, is the... It's more and, than that, I think, but go on. Probably is more than that, yeah, yeah. But... Well, who knew such a Oh, thing? no, it's not 25 quid. My bad, sorry. For a 1.2, you can get a 1.2 kilo tin for 12 quid. Never knowingly so, undersold, John Lewis well, and partners. But you can't just go in there and go, well, I just want all fucking purple ones. You've got to pick a minimum of four different types of quality, which seems needlessly prescriptive. Who sets these rules? John Lewis sets these rules. You know what? You know what sometimes you look at it and you think, I'd love to be in a meeting when this happened, when, when yeah. this was decided. No, oh, we've got it. Oh, well, we've got to let, let you know. They've got you to can't just have people four. walking off the street. Yeah, picking up nothing but purple ones or toffee yeah, pennies. Yeah, and then putting them in a big Think old about people's tin. dental health. Imagine having a full tin of toffee pennies. Fuck me. <laughs> Your dentist would be busy, wouldn't he? <laughs> you just literally, uh, you, by January the 1st, you would literally have no well, teeth. Well, they'd just there. be encrusted in your teeth. They would be your teeth. <laughs> toffee, <laughs> toffee pennies would be your teeth by January. Anyway, yeah, so sorry. A slight diversion there. Yeah, well, I, I find it genuinely appalling. Personally. Phil Jones gets in touch on Twitter. Hello, Phil. And he says, shit, yeah. I'm nominating myself as a Tigers supporter at Welford Road yesterday, wanting right. Rassing to hurry up and score the bonus point try to put us out of our misery so I could go home. And <laughs> having to wait until the 79th minute before they actually got round to actually doing it. They, there's probably that, that paragraph probably sums up the experience of every Leicester Tigers fan right now, doesn't it? Honestly. This is what it feels 
to be a Leicester Tigers fan. I was going to say, but Leicester fans, welcome to what it's like to be most fans of most other teams for the last 20-odd years. Hey, Old Athletic have won two games on the bounce, and the Cleveland Browns won this weekend. (laughs) This is fucking madness. But that's the thing. It's like they've never known such misery, you know? But for the rest of us, like... You know, losing seven games on the bounce is what the Ospreys usually call, you know... October. The f- yeah. <laughs> well, this is what's called the Six Nations period. You know, it's, it happens all the time. But it, I get it. This, that Leicester squad is far too good to be losing seven games on the bounce. Even if they did lose some of those games to very good teams. They also lost some of those games to not very good teams. Have you got any more shit for the weekend? Um, I don't want to feel like I'm piling on the Scarlets, but uh, <laughs> Uzer Kassiem, their new uh, number eight, they paid a decent wedge to bring in. He's a springbok, don't forget. Paid a decent wedge to bring him over from the Cheetahs to be sort of the big carrying replacement for John Barkley. And honestly, I've yet to see him really do anything. He like works hard, but he's like way worse than a... 37-year-old John Barkley or ever bloody old that poor guy is now. <laughs> you know, John Barkley is, is not a young man. 33, is he? Be my guess. I mean, this could be a whole fucking... He's 32. Oh, Jesus, I've gone full bloody... You've gone me. Top... That's my job. I've gone full to... Topsy Ojo on full... it, isn't it? The Topsy Ojo incident is back. <laughs> that was very early days, though, wasn't that it? Was the Topsy Ojo. Um, yeah, I just think they've, you know... I guess that Barkley probably wanted to go back to Scotland. They didn't have a lot to say in it, but yeah, that he's just—I just don't see what's why they've gone all the trouble. He's just not very good. I mean, he'll probably man in the match against the Ospreys next week. <laughs> um, and also, shit for me. Uh, whatever PC gone mad, health and safety lunatic opted to cancel uh, Timisoara versus Northampton in the Challenge Cup. Oh, excellent! That was ridiculous. There was barely two feet of snow on the pitch. Like and in the airport, didn't let him take off either. I can take That's health stud, and safety surely. for you. Come on. That's your health and safety for you. What is this, communist China? Can you Disgrace. imagine how fucking miserable they were? They'd gone there, no game, then sat on the plane for six hours, then it was cancelled. Oh. And the, fun, the funny thing is that when people were going over And they're all to... wired on fucking caffeine, as we know now. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing was that when teams went over there, like, in for the first round of games, obviously because it's like... Still in the car, you know, they were players were like sitting around swimming pools in the hotel and getting suntans. Yeah, that proper Central Europe thing was still yeah. boiling till sort of yeah. mid October. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now Northampton have gone there and it's literally proper season. Super, see, why is it not just pissing with rain at about four degrees? That's what we expect <laughs> all the time. Yeah, uh, what else have we got? This shit, Graham Love gets in touch, genius and um, animator shit. and general all round top fella, and he says, shit is Castra. For making me feel sympathetic towards Monster. Yes. Well, if you listen to the Rugby History podcast last, if you're on a Patreon, if you are a Patreon, you'll you'll find me being more sympathetic towards Monster. Something I never thought could happen. So yes, Monster and their weirdly proletarian ideals yeah, for weirdly, rugby yes. for everyone. Yes. Yeah, into it. Uh, what else have we got? Mackay fourteen oh two gets in touch. He said, "Shit is Scotland rugby tickets selling out almost immediately, but weirdly, shit loads are now available on Viagogo for twice the price." Funny yeah. that. Isn't there some? Be, haven't, hasn't some? I read this somewhere. I might get this right. Some students have won some big award for innovation, digital innovation, because they've managed 
they reckon they can solve this touting problem with blockchain technology. But they say that about everything now. Everything is fucking solved with blockchain. <laughs> I don't. I believe still don't it. really know what it means, but you know, it sounds good. I still don't know what Bitcoin is. I've read what Bitcoin is probably about eight times, and my brain will not understand it. And I'm I, not. I, I honestly, I'm not a stupid person. Quite no, a bright person, I, in fact. I, I genuine. Basically, I think it can be summed up as pretend money that is melting the polar ice caps at an absolutely astonishing rate. But, is it like some kind of code that goes and creates a code which then becomes a kind of coin? Is that the simplest way to put it? Yeah, and basically... Incredibly complex a, sort of code. You need, you need a load of processing power to... Mine it, of, isn't it? You have mine to mine it, them, yeah. don't you? Yeah, to basically create the incredibly complicated thing. But it's all just fucking make-believe. That's all it's, money. I knew, well, yeah, well, I knew an old well, fella, an old communist. I he used to be a miner. He used to talk to me in the pub. And he used to say, money means nothing. He was a Geordie. Money means nothing, man. It's just a means of exchange, he would say. And he'd go, that's right, mate. He'd say, if I put I mean, a big pile of fucking fivers on that fucking ball and green now, the grass wouldn't get cut, okay? But if I paid a man with money to do it, the grass would get cut. I was like, yeah, I'm still following you. Still not sure what your point is, but keep going. But I suppose that's all money, isn't it? Getting too deep now. Yeah, it is, I mean, we are a little bit, you know, through the looking glass here. But you are technically right. But I think Bitcoin just is silly. All all cryptocurrency is silly. Yeah, it's silly. Just, That's the end let's of just, it. Let's just go back to a barter economy. Let's draw a line under it. Let's go back to a barter yeah. economy. Yeah. <laughs> like top trumps. All money should be top trumps, basically. <laughs> I completely agree. I'm fine with that. Right, let's move on to good. Yes. Uh, I've already... Oh, actually, met... one more shift, on, actually, then. is that fucking absolute ring piece who was... Uh, tediously going after Sonia McLaughlin on Twitter for uh, you know all fucking power to Sonia McLaughlin for not just yeah, turning she... it all in on yeah. Twitter because it's just ridiculous yeah the amount of absolute sexism she gets from people with doesn't no exist though that... no. patriarchy's not a thing it's not a problem no, no issues you know we're, we're just just being awkward and PC yeah. by mentioning it from people who literally look like they've just fallen out of a bed of nails in terms of yeah it's just like what's yes. what's wrong with it what's wrong with you people? and even you know what people who argue it because they believe it i can i've got i've i have to respect they have an opinion it's some people who are deliberately just being contrary twats yeah just to make a point that i've got no time with whatsoever because it's just fucking pathetic because there's nothing worse than trying to be it is literally the lowest form of shithouse is the just, oh, I like just creating an argument. No, mate, you don't like creating an argument. You like being a total and utter cunt. That's what you yeah. like. And that's and Twitter has basically exacerbated that problem. To You know, I often joke on here that Twitter is the worst thing on the internet. And I, I don't believe that's the case because I get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Yeah, but, I, I, I probably 25% believe that it is. But it's stuff like that. I just think, fucking hell, these cunts wouldn't nearly have been such a big fucking bunch of twats. If yeah. Twitter didn't exist, this this whole nonsense would not have happened without this place, and it does make me. But fair play, to, as you say, Sonia McLaughlin just literally takes it and gives it back, and she shouldn't have to. There's an interview with Nadia Hussain in the Observer this week. Isn't our middle class I am, and she was imagine being her on there. Yeah, she's working class, yeah. a woman and Muslim. She must be oh, fucked Jesus. on there. Yeah, imagine the number of people who think she needs putting back in her place. It's disgraceful. <laughs> 
wankers. Anyway, yeah. right. So let's go on to good. Uh, we've already mentioned, I thought good was teams that are not too long being back in France. So that's good. Other yes. good, Jacob Stockdale. He just yes. continues to be outstanding. Yeah. And as a kicking game. He has he's everything. A of, he's a winger that big, that quick, that skillful, and he can kick. And has a brain. And has a Knows, genuine Leads the game brain. remarkably well. Yeah. Yes, um, very, very good. We've already mentioned Antoine Dupont. Yes. Uh, France play him at nine immediately, even at the expense, expense of... Yeah. I mean, uh, listener Lexity Alex got in touch to tell me that Baptiste was helping clear away physio gear at sale. Oh, so not know. only is he beautiful, he doesn't mind mucking in as well. He's a lovely does boy. His right, does his stuff. Look at you mean, and there's nothing about everything about him that I know that he's, he's not a nice lad. He's exactly. a good lad. He's a lovely lad. Um... It's, even in a losing cause, uh, Gareth Hanscom was very good. He was again. very good. But it does, His kicking out of hand was just ridiculously good. There is something about it, isn't there? And this is the worry, isn't it? Maybe Saracens are always going to be that far ahead, but there is something about... I don't know, I'm not a Cardiff fan and I can't speak for them, but there's a lot of stuff in the town about that's about as good as it could have been. Yeah. yeah you know, you don't have good. to win to actually say that was a bloody good performance. I'm happy with that. Mm. Which I suppose is great because it was a good performance and they should yeah. be happy with it, but also it makes you realise, fucking hell. There is an absolute surfeit of depth and talent on that Blues team comparatively. I mean, but... to be fair, there's an absolute surfeit of depth and talent on the Newcastle team compared yeah, to most Saracens. Yeah, most know, it's, teams. It, so it's, I don't, I'm not like... trying to, we're not trying to do a Pro 14 of either no, Welsh rugby, English rugby thing. You know, it's just... It's it's a pure sort of you look at the team that the Blues are capable of putting out and the team that Saracens can put out, with you know at this point in the season with injuries and all that sort of stuff and you just go, yeah, like all of their bench would start for Cardiff. Mm. Every single player on the Saracens bench would would have started for Cardiff on Saturday, and that's you know you can't. There's only so much you can do with that. Good from but yeah, Twitter. Anscombe's best ten in Wales at the moment. Yes, he's very good. And, and, no, in, the bed. and he's got the shirt now, hasn't he? So yeah. Uh, what else is good? Devaluing a, a league near you gets in touch. Good, good name. And he said, uh, "Good was how tasty that pool one decider in January is looking." Yes, it is in January, yeah. Josh. Yeah, yeah, and we agree with you. David Peacock gets in touch. He said, "Good was the glorious old-fashioned dump tackle by Manu on Tame Funa." <laughs> which can be described as similar to two tectonic plates smashing into each other. That was wonderful, wasn't it? He's a it big was lad. Well, I also he enjoyed, is a big lad. I can't remember who was on comms, but um, when he went off, he was, um, the commentator was just like uh, Tamafuna going off to uh, to go and inflict something on some poor chair somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, I mean, he is a ginormous man. Yes. Like, he looks like a sumo wrestler. In, in, like, his shape and his build, he looks like a sumo wrestler. He looks like that, a... he looks like that lad who played that Summer Over the Rainbow on a ukulele. Yes. Massive. Yeah, yeah. he looks like he should be, you know, yeah, sitting on the dock of a bay in Hawaii somewhere. <laughs> sitting on the um, dock of the bay, watching the ships coming in. Uh, yeah. Um, Reeves, respond, Reeves and Mortimer there in case anyone doesn't know what I'm banging yeah, on about just being a random Geordie but he, <laughs> you know he is he's 24 stone and 5 foot 11 somewhere <laughs> over. what else have we got here uh, Fee gets in touch she says good is everything about the road trip to Toon yesterday I think Edinburgh fan isn't she Fee so everything mm. about the road trip to Newcastle yesterday 
Apart from the fact I misplaced my voice, well, you deservedly misplaced your voice. Given I how think good so, it was. yeah. Honestly, Edinburgh fucking going to the quarterfinals, and it's and mad. A few um, people have mentioned the Mish versus John Hardy as well. Yes, I totally didn't even notice that John Hardy had managed to get a club, so I'm glad about that. He's back after the old... Uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I he's, mean, um... the, the really bad injuries, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's... Um... And then at the end of the video, there's a, loads of people share this. There's a video of the two of them like slapping each other's <laughs> shoulders and having a good chat with each other after knocking, you know, ripping, tearing ribbons off each other for. Indeed. Which is great. Uh, Duan van der Merwe, the uh, Edinburgh player, somehow still flying under the radar, but he is like very, very good. Mm. He's young, he's hungry, he's a bit of a freak of an athlete. He scores tries for fun and yeah. He's got an enjoyable name. What, what more do you want? <laughs> what more do you want? That's the, you know. Yeah. Well, we've got there. The foot in touch gets in touch on Twitter. He says, good was Cheslin Colby defying physics when hilariously bamboozling that wasp defender when he jumped through the rock. Yeah, that's crazy. It's not just the way he moves, it's the speed of thought, isn't it? And I don't think yeah. there is a speed of thought. It's, it's a bit like, I don't think he could explain how he does it. It's a Jason Robinson no, it's thing. Pure you know, it's pure fucking instinct yeah. with that. Oh, guy. I just see yeah. this thing coming towards me and yeah. this is, and then this instinct just makes him yeah. do that. It's almost a fight or flight thing with him, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, who knows? Like, yeah, but it's yeah. incredible to watch. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, Speaking, uh, Finn Russell also I thought was very, like, a rare example of a 10 who goes to France and gets better. Yes. Like, actually... It's basically him, Johnny Wilkinson, and Stephen Jones. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. And good for him, actually. Absolutely. And I think somebody like, treasures oh, his kind of talent, like um, Townsend did, and then going to Rassi, where they will let you be that kind of player. Mm. It's a good idea, I think, for him, and it's yeah. worked out very well. he's got well. a monster pack to play behind, and loads of talented players around him now, and he can just go, yeah, I'm just going to be Finn, and do, you know, that 22 dropout, the uh, quick 22 dropout that he took when they were a little bit under the cosh from Leicester, and basically just broke out and went 70 metres before. Like, it's stuff like that that he does that very few other players in the world will have the speed of thought or the tactical awareness to do. And yeah, what a player. What else have we got that's good? Fraser Manson gets in touch on Twitter at Blood and Mud. He says, good is five foot zero Darcy Graham versus Sonotti and Gonovar coming down his wing. He put down Sonotti, then got straight up and forced Gonovar into touch. Fair, Fair play one. to him. Fair one. Uh, uh, go on. Man who's back. Yes. Let's be honest, he is proper back now. Well, like his contract just... negotiations coming up soon as well. <laughs> it's very interesting to see. Yeah, because um... there's a lot of teams in France that are going to offer him a lot of money. Yeah, but, I, you know, he's not... He, he apparently was one of the best paid players in England, wasn't he, last time? And I'm mm. sure Leicester will look at that and go, we're not fucking giving him that again. Do you know what I mean? Well, he's yeah, got... that's what I'm saying. Somebody in France is going to spend a lot of money on him because every you know, when he's fit, you basically put the ball in his hand anywhere <laughs> yeah. and it looks like a try could happen just through power and pace and just the fact just, that he yeah, has manuing, that, yeah. that nobody else has in that as a, as a 12 or a 13 well, from a Leicester point of view and an England point of view though yeah he's missed most of the last four years I think that it'd be difficult for him to go because he knows he knows if he's we'll fit be in, in the England team if yeah. he's fit he's in it's just whether uh, well, actually, uh, Bristol must have some more money somewhere, somehow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure, surely Bristol can afford to pay anyone. Ever, you know, if they can 
offer Nathan Eves 500 grand, then surely, surely they can... What would you like to be paid, Manu? <laughs> well, there was talk that he was going to... A gold to pig in a Ferrari. Done. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> um, there was talk he was going to Worcester last season, wasn't there? When he was... Well, Teo's contract's up as well soon, isn't it? Well, There's another hell. one. There's another big yeah. centre who's paid far too much money. <laughs> Uh, it's just right. going to be the the reckoning of the big centres who are paid too much money. Is that what we're going to call <laughs> yeah. this summer? Is Brad Barrett's contract? They're, going to, they're both going to end up at Toulon or Toulouse. Probably, yeah. Uh, where, are, where have we got? Good. Colin McBride gets in touch on Twitter. He says, good was Billy Burns, the best game since joining Ulster he had against Yeah, Scarlet. he was very he good. He was, wasn't he? Really? But again, you just know, you can't trust it, can you? For every one of those, there's three that are like, oh, fuck me, what are you doing? Yeah, he's, it's, it was all very... It's all gone very well, let's be honest. Yeah. Baffling, so. What else we got? And lastly, the social tight head gets in touch. He says, good is that Richard Cockrell has a reason to smile. He said, but it's also shit because Richard Cockrell's smile is fucking terrifying. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. This is very, very true. Very good. Any more good from you? Uh, no, not really. Well, that brings us to the end of, well, probably, I don't think we're going to do one in between Christmas and New Year. Realistically, less less. We'll play it by year. We'll see what happens. Yeah, but so if it isn't, well, you know, Prince twenty eighteen is nearly over anyway. Thank you very much. Every I think this is our second full year. Yes, podcast. So we started in twenty fifteen in the in the World Cup, just after the World Cup. Yeah, so we did all of twenty sixteen, all of twenty seventeen, and all of twenty eighteen. Oh wow, three years! Fuck me! Fuck me! Well, yeah. thanks for everybody who stuck with us. And if you're and if you and if you're a, if you're a new joiner, welcome. Welcome. Um, we will we've be back a... in the new year. Uh, we'll have more Patreon stuff. Yeah. We've got a sort of a plan to have an entire series that builds the best team of the nineties. I think. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Which you emailed me, and then I forgot about. So, yes. Uh, and more interviews. And, that, and then now that, I've forgotten about it. And now you've brought it up. Gone. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> There's a reason why you sent it to me, clearly. <laughs> Thank you very much, yeah. everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas Indeed. and a restful and boozy or whatever new year you choose it to be. Indeed. And I hope that, you know, the best of your yesterdays is the worst of your tomorrows and all that stuff. Take Joe, oh, You still want to see how disgusted Josh's face is at that. <laughs> Poet. It's too late for that. It's too Come late on. for that. No Have fun. a wonderful Christmas, everybody. Take Merry care. Merry Christmas, everybody. Bye bye. Zero. It gets a bad rep. Like when people say they have zero interest in something. Well, if you're thinking of buying an electric car this year, you'll find this interesting because at Nissan, we see the power of zero. Introducing the Nissan Leaf Power of Zero offer. Buy a brand new 100% electric zero emissions Nissan Leaf and get one year's free servicing, a free home charger, the lowest electric finance offer on the market and great savings on running costs. Now that's the power of zero. Find out more at nissan.ie. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.